back to the bottom line. Uh, today we're going to talk about how do we maximize the revenue per patient. And we have Terry Ross from Apex, powered by Engage. Uh, Terry, why don't you quickly introduce yourself before we jump into our topic? Yo, yo, everybody. How are you? Thanks, Ken and Charlie, for having me on. Super excited. Um, this is my jam. Uh, Terry Ross, I was the founder and co-CEO of Apex Platform. Prior to that, the founder and CEO of Terry Ross Consulting for about 12 years. And most recently, we went through a merger uh, with Engage Technologies, and I'm the president of the aesthetic division there. Awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you here. Um, again, we, ha we have already talked about various stages of the patient funnel, basically. How do we get more leads? How do we turn more leads into consults? How do we turn more consults into treatment? Today, we're going to talk more about we have patients. How do we maximize the value of those patients? How do we kind of think about uh, you know, ethically maximizing our revenue from every patient interaction? What's the first step? So if we're not going to talk about marketing, you know, where, where you guys play, uh, which, you know, I love you all so much. Um, the first step in really what I teach everywhere is, is the, is the training component before I even get into the, the how or the why it, you know, your team has got to be trained, you know, every role within the organization, you know, I'm going to focus on aesthetic medicine. That's where I've played for 20 years, but whether you're in ophthalmology, dentistry, any cash pay business, these um, methods and philosophies that I'm going to go through are applicable across different verticals. Um, and so, you know, if you think about your front desk, they're tied to a KPI. Ultimately, that is how do I convert more people to get them in the door? How do I get them to book uh, a, a treatment plan? You know, the providers are all tied to a KPI, which is mainly around productivity, capacity, and increasing revenue per hour, which is what you just asked me. Um, and then obviously your business owners want bottom line, you know, EBITDA and high profit margins. And so, you know, when we think about that, we, we can't, we have to say, you know, we want the patient to come in, but am I going to treat them symptomatically for the one thing that they called for? Hey, do you offer Botox? Hey, do you offer fillers? Whatever that is, right? Or do we look at our business as a whole holistically and say, I have all of these non-surgical treatments. You may, may offer surgery. I have all these modalities. How am I going to get this client to have the best outcome? And the only way to do that is by, look, we have to take a sales approach. People might not like it. I'm going to use the word sales training, but ultimately if you are a provider, you're an educator. That's, that's, that's what you do. It's your obligation to get the patient, right? The best outcome. And the only way to do that is to be able to really have the ability to bond with me, set the expectations of that console, uh, even prior to on the phone, uh, what they can expect when they come in, credentialing the practice, credentialing the provider, like the why should I come to you versus the competition down the street? And then when I come in, what is the experience and the outcome I'm going to get? And everybody, that's what I hear. I don't want to be a salesperson. Uh, that's not what they came in for. They can't afford it. That's not on us to decide, right? It's not for me to decide what your pocketbook looks like. <laughs> Terry, sales is the yeah. most noble profession there is, true or false? <laughs> Listen, yes, <laughs> it is. We, we could call it, you know, it's funny when I lecture, I always ask people, what do they think? What do they, what do they think when they hear the word sales? Shocking. And it's always yeah. negative words. It's negative words. What, what? I was going to piggyback, but Ken, did you say something? You're not going to change that topic, are you? I'm just kidding. No, go go ahead if you have something. <laughs> One of the things I think about when you say training is uh, 
um, it's like a shift from, I'll focus on front desk for a second, a shift from order taking uh, to helping people get what they're looking for. So like you said, if someone calls in and asks, what do you charge per unit for Botox? There's a lot of other stuff going on in that person's life and brain that isn't what is Botox cost per unit, right? So I think a lot of it is instead of just listening to a question someone asks and then just answering it and then waiting for the next one, you realize that your job is to help people book an appointment or a consultation to understand what they're trying to accomplish. And then to your point, there's lots of things that the practice probably offers uh, that are related to that. And I imagine almost always the, the outcome or the solution to providing, to solving for what that person is concerned about isn't one thing, right? There's going to be a lot of different stuff. And that's not, you mentioned the word ethically earlier, Ken. It's unethical to not understand what people really want and show them what it's going to take to get there. I think it's unethical to not take the time to do that and just say, oh, it's, you know, $11 per unit. And then they get uh, Botox and then they're out and you haven't even learned what they're really trying to do. Right. So the training, I think, is also huge. And it's just like an awakening or a different it's a it's a mentality shift to think uh, about what your job is differently. And that's how you actually serve people versus just that. answering the questions. So I'm a big believer yeah. in, uh, in all that. So the sales mindset is important. When does that play out in the real world? Is that when the caller's on the phone? Is that during the consult? Is that you just want to get them in one treatment up front and then you try to upsell yeah, things? Because, when does that happen? Look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna show this. Like this is crazy. Like this is it. Like this is this is it. Like this is one of my courses, right? <laughs> and, I, and I love the question. I show it because I didn't write it because I was bored and had nothing to do. I wrote it because, you know, with all due respect, the space is just uneducated and it's fragmented and that's okay. I'm grateful that I have a job and I'm humble to do so. And I, I love educating so much, but you know, we're, we're worried that the, the turnover in this space is so high and it's high for kind of what Charlie just said, because we don't take the time. We know we need a front desk. And I hate to say that a guest relations, patient concierge, whatever it is, that's the, one of the most important roles in the company. Right. Mm -hmm. When we think about where line plays in and I, I, you know, I, I admire and respect what you guys do so much. And it's so in line with what I teach is that people have a marketing budget. They're paying to get that lead in the door, which is very expensive, by the way. And if the team isn't trained, they don't even know what the procedures are. Features benefit. Somebody calls and says, do you have Althera? They don't know that it's skin tightening. They say no, but they might have three other things. That's just freaking crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because they just weren't taught. So if we can just take a step back and say, look at, I have a business, even if you're a provider, you're an entrepreneur. That's what you chose to do. You own a business. You want people, your team's your greatest asset or your biggest expense. So if you're going to hire them, why don't you invest in something that's going to get you an ROI versus looking at it like, oh God, you know, my team's fine. And you're just kind of okay with the status quo because that's what half the businesses are. You know, the, the average med spa, does around $1.5 million. That is not a lot of money. So how do we get to the three, five, 10, right? With double digit multiples that we want for an exit. And the only way to do that is to have an efficient business, right? And to have high profit margins. And the only way to get that <laughs> is say, I'm gonna invest in my team and I'm gonna look at Charlie when he comes in, in this way that I wanna keep, do I want a patient one time or do I want a patient for life? Because 
you know, what I teach too is people buy anything, a car, a sofa, your house, colleges, whatever it is, we buy for an emotional reason. So if you don't value the time in the consultation to get to know me, how long has it been bothering me? What have I done, you know, in the past? Did it work? Did it not? Uh, how committed am I to not feeling this way? I just came back from training, a beast of a, a, a provider, three practices and 15 years in business. And she's like, Terry, I've studied you and I repetition is good and I use your words. And if we can, you know, really embrace the model, people are happier. They have better outcomes. They trust you. They want to come back. And ultimately that leads into increased revenue, period. It's a very simple philosophy if we're willing to just say, I'm willing to take the time to learn it and do it different. I have a question that popped in my head. I haven't asked you before. What about like recruiting? I know, I know the uh, labor market's hard or whatever, but what, what are some of the characteristics that are really important? I would imagine coachable is one because basically what we're saying is most people that if you're a practice owner that you have or that you're trying to hire to come in, whether it's uh, somebody at the director of first impressions level or, or in the back office, um, you know, they don't have training. And so what do you think a lot experience? I mean, obviously if they know about the procedures and treatments, that's probably a plus if they're, it's going to be easier for them to put together a treatment plan, but what are like the biggest things that are most important to succeed? You think in um, some of these roles? Yeah. I, I mean, I think if we're thinking about again, guest relations, front desk, you know, somebody solution oriented, quick on their feet. Look, I can coach and teach. Anyone can learn the procedures. Yeah. It might be hard, harder. I, I would prefer somebody with experience, but you know, people people can look at that role, and then I'll get to the provider level as I don't know, you know, not not a very important role within the organization, right? Maybe maybe they're not paid a lot. Unsung, of the unsung heroes of the business yeah. model. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But they're such they could be such a high contributor, and again, that relationship building. So I think somebody who is just a, a, adaptable and and, and willing to learn and values, values customer service and values the ability to say, I'm willing to spend a little bit more time on the phone, right? To get a qualified patient in the door. Nobody has time for looky-loose and that I'm sitting in the provider chair wasting time because I can't afford it because the person on the front didn't ask enough questions. It's like this vicious cycle, right? And if we just look at the funnel or look look at look at the steps, it's it's very simple if... If, and only if, and this is what we talk about, look, Charlie, you're in sales, you know, innately, we can't make people want to feel, you know, like a salesperson and or serving. And I love the word we're, we're serving, we're providing value, right? To do that, I this is not about me. It's about you. It's about them. And, and, and so I think those, those are some of the characteristics. Otherwise people just take a job and clock in eight, you know, eight to five and, and, and leave or, <laughs> and, and don't, don't, don't care because they, they don't know the why behind why, why does it matter? Or they're, they're not tied to anything that's going to, you know, get them a different yeah. outcome. What, one thing I've uh, found recently, and I'm, my experience is more on guest relations of first impression experience uh, <laughs> at the front, but they're like, it, when a lot of times the, the staff, um, they get really excited when, they get training because they feel like if, if people, human beings, if you're doing a job and you feel like you don't know what you're doing, that is not fun and it's not comfortable and you don't feel good. 
So just by saying like, this is why you're supposed to do this. Some people are resistant to training. So it's not a hundred percent of the time, but I think largely uh, if you're a practice owner, like your team wants training. And if you, you will bring that to them that there there's going to be other benefits too, just culturally of conveying that you want to invest in their success and even them just feeling better about, you know, what yeah. it is that they're, uh, that they're doing. Oh, hundred percent makes you feel confident, confident. I think that the next thing we have to think about is then how do we hold people accountable? And it's one thing to take a training and people do it. It's another, it's another yeah. to ex execute the plan and then practice and practice and practice until you get the outcome you're looking for versus I took it and you're like, I did it. You know, woo. we've accomplished <laughs> something is the biggest driver of that. You think, uh, I mean, obviously some, some reward and compensation and incentives and stuff. How, what's the, why do most people suck at accountability? Are they just not willing to like have the conversations when it's like this person is, it, it's clear what the expectations are. They know it's important and they're just neglecting it. Or why, why are most people bad at accountability? You think in a practice? I, I think kind of back to where I started in, in the beginning. And I think that, no, I don't think I've, I've been doing this a long time. It's the lack of education. So even if somebody is a practice manager uh, and, and look, I, I was a, a managing partner of a med spa, so I get it. And I don't, I don't talk from a place of I'm above you, or I read a book and I, I pretend I know what I'm doing. I did do it. And I had to learn it. Right. I had, I came from corporate managing sales teams. I had a med spa in Beverly Hills that sold to a big place in four years, but I had to, I had to figure it out too. What I wasn't willing to do was not hold people accountable, but I also came from big fortune 500. So people don't, and you're a manager and you don't even know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You don't know what KPIs, right. We should be looking at, um, or how do I coach my team? Cause I, cause they never sold anything either. And I hate to say it, but again, you've never educated, you've never coached, you've never closed, you've never qualified. If you've never done those things, it's just an uncomfortable place to be. And then you have owners just being like, hey, did we hit our number? Did we hit our number? How many patients did we see today? How much money did we make? Then it becomes, oh shit, we're now, now it's not this great, quaint med spa or plastic surgery practice. I'm tied to goals but it is still a, it is still a business. And so I think, again, I can't, I just can't really stress enough. I just don't, I think that if you haven't, if you haven't invested in training your team in finance, in sales and whatever it is, so they can elevate their role to understand. I even find this right. with big companies selling a laser or an injectable. I came from that world. So I can talk about that too. <laughs> you're so much more empowered, right? If you're trying to sell this laser for 300 grand, but you don't know shit about the business and you don't even know what to ask, but I'm trying to get you to buy this laser, but yet I don't know what kind of patients you see, if the equipment's going to sit there in the corner, if your capacity's 50% or 80, we have bigger problems here. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on. Um, <laughs> 300 grand. We have financing though. Come on. Um, right. Also, when you're talking about training there, like there's education that the, if you're, especially if you're a, a medical provider and you own a practice, like, you haven't ever had any, you know, you don't, you have no background and experience with, with the sort of just guts of business. Right. Yeah. So you got to take it upon yourself to also get education on that, that, that example of like, you know, if you're, if you're the business owner and you don't really know what goes into the numbers, but you're just like, this number is below where I want it to be. And then you get upset and you try to hold your team accountable. They're going to know that you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> 
and then that's not a good situation to be in. So you got to you got to take it upon yourself in addition to doing the training for your team that you have to understand what all these metrics mean and and whatnot. And I bet a lot of people that even people that are willing to do the training, a lot of times I think I see, hey, I'm paying this company to do training so I don't have to mess with this. And yeah. so then that happens, they come back and it doesn't stick because they're not, they, they can't get it into the bloodstream. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. No, so I bet that happens a lot. It does. I mean, do you know how many PLs I've looked at? How many shitty Excel spreadsheets I'm <laughs> analyzing? So I, I actually like, would be really interested to see some of that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's a hot mess. Then you really need a drink when you're looking at that. Yeah. 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 I, I, I good. Cause I was looking for a reason to drink. <laughs> well i don't know it's, what time is it there it's probably somewhere to drink it is a little that is it's nice east coast we're a little ahead we can start a little earlier yeah um, <laughs> i love it ken how far off track are we here no you're you're perfect <laughs> uh i i did want to bring it back to the provider side though we've talked about the front desk yeah uh, how much of this problem is front desk versus provider what does the provider need to know and what training might they need or yeah I mean, candidly, it's all the same. I think, um, it, look, as a, as a provider, that's what I say. I, and I do use this word. Your obligation is to help someone get the result and the outcome they're looking for. Just like if I went in and I always use this analogy on stage, if I had cancer, right, I'm going to get testing and blood work and labs and MRIs and diagnostic tools. I'm going to get an assessment. So I, what, what do I have? I'm not going to get half of the damn treatment, you know, I'm not going to get a discount on my chemo. I'm not going to, if you want to come back kind of thing that no, that doesn't happen, right? Having cardiology, dentistry, OB-GYN, it doesn't matter why in this space. And it, it really kills me. Why in the aesthetic space do we, you know, put these notions, patient can't afford it. That's not what they're here for. That's not what my job is. It is what your job is. If you're an RN, a PA, an NP, a doctor, and whatever you are, I have a problem. Even if it's fine lines, wrinkles, belly fat, laxity, I have a whole bunch of stuff probably going on. And if you offer several things within the, your med spa or, or plastic surgery practice, when I come in, the provider should, right? There, there should be fundamental things in place from a process perspective, right? Are we starting with a cosmetic interest questionnaire? so that the client can check all the things that may interest them. 60% of patients said they did not know the practice offered things because we don't that talk about it. It's fucking crazy. Right? It's just <laughs> fucking, and then we're wondering yeah. why we don't make the money we want. And then they're clamoring around, how do I get more people? How do I get more people? Well, what the fuck? Why don't you nurture the ones you have? Come on now, right? Nurture the ones you have. And the only way to do that is if I'm a provider and I believe that's what I say. I cannot make you believe that that's what your role is. So if you feel salesy, I, so I, I just came off this training and this is what I said. And I loved it. What you said, Charlie, I go, I want you to think about it differently. What if you didn't tell the client what they needed? Would you feel bad about that? Would you go home and feel good about yourself that, right? You only sold that Botox or that one syringe at that. I use this, it's a disservice. It is a disservice to the patient because you didn't tell me and then I'm gonna go other places. So the same, the provider role, these rooms are tied to KPIs. They need to make a certain amount of money. 
So when I push the money conversation, yes, it, 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 because it's still a business. And if you're trailing behind that, why are you not doing the right procedures? Not the right gross profit. You're taking too long in the room. You're twiddling around doing the wrong things, whatever it is, there's a reason for that. And then if you change your mindset, because you also embrace this philosophy that I am a medical provider, this patient came in for whatever the problems are, they checked off the CIQ and I am going to treat this patient differently. And I'm going to say what you can expect when we're together for the next 30 minutes, Terry, is I really want to get to know you so that we build this treatment plan so that you can get the outcome you're looking for. And then you take me down this series of questions, questions. You're not right. I teach this whole communication model. If you ask me the right questions and I tell you how I feel, I'm ultimately going to be, you know, vulnerable sharing with you all these things that is going to allow you to say, okay, based on what I heard you saying, they're my words. If I feel like shit and fat and I'm going to go to Cabo and I'm single and I'm swiping and I'm not, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> I do this thing. It's hysterical, right? If you're good at asking me questions the way I teach it, I'm going to tell you all the things so that you're going to be able to say, well, Charlie, yeah. right, Gary, you said you feel this way. You don't want to feel that way anymore. So then my recommendation for you is ABC, one, two, three, and here's why. That's simple. And then I'm like, oh shit, of course I want all that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Questions, questions, the right ones. People tell you what they, how they actually feel. And then that's just, it's over from there, right? And yeah. you're not making anybody do anything. And some people still yeah. aren't going to do it. That's okay. Um, but, not great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not with Terry's in there. I mean, she's never, literally, no one's ever walked out without uh, paying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that the 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 I've heard Terry's stuff a lot of times. If you never heard Terry live, it's phenomenal. Treatment plan concept is what we're talking about here, where you're just you're again you're listening to what people actually care about and what they need, and then you are serving them by telling them how you're going to solve that. It's yeah. it is literally that simple. And if people get over them themselves and focus on that. You're, you're going to feel better about what you do. And that's a huge piece of, of, yeah. uh, you know, getting more revenue per patient, which again, that's like a side effect. That's what, yes. there's not a lot of things where like, if you do the right thing, then you also make more money. And this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, you're right. It is a side effect. I was like, put yeah. that shit aside. Just put the money aside, put the goals aside. Just put that shit aside. Just do the right thing. Literally do the right thing. If you do the right, right thing, you're going to have a better end result. Just yeah. Love that word up. Ken, bring us home. Very cool. Yeah, I know we're about out of time here, so let's let's put a bow on this. But um, this has been very helpful. Very glad you're here, Terry. I guess let's let the people at home know where they can find you. Oh, I love it. Ping me, ding me. Um, <laughs> uh, my email is terry uh, at terryross.com. My Instagram is terryrossconsulting. I have a podcast uh, as well in touch with Terry and you can check out apexplatform.com. I know that's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of ways there, but please find me really. I appreciate this so much. You guys are amazing. Appreciate the time. Appreciate talking about something that we're both so passionate about. And, uh, I know, as we said earlier, really this, this goes across any vertical. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. So fun. We'll do it again. All right. Ciao.